Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Adventist City Ministries podcast. My name is Andrew Carroll, and my friend Jeff McAuliffe and I have been wanting to sit down together for quite some time and share what we've learned from starting our own community center. We created ACM as a way to dialogue with other mission-minded Seventh-day Adventists and for everyone to share ideas about what they've learned from urban ministry. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we hope this podcast will be an inspiration for anyone interested in ministering to others and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's get started. So yeah, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to talk about things that we love. I'm anxious to see where this goes. So let's talk a little bit about what ACM actually is. Uh, ACM was a development that came out of studying about uh, Adventist City Ministries and a desire to spend time with other people who are trying to do the same thing that we're trying to do in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, at a place called Simplicity. Uh, really, it's a ministry that is devoted or, or was uh, intended to have people come together and talk about their experience in ministry moving forward and uh, gleaning ideas from each other and uh, encouraging each other. So we had a meeting not too long ago that uh, a couple of years back that a bunch of people got together and it was, it was pretty successful. We're looking forward to a, another meeting this year and uh, inviting more people to come and, and join us. We've been involved in ministry together uh, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've been part of this community center what does that have to do with ACM and how does that connect? Yeah, simplicity is, like you said, it's a center of influence where we kind of organically planted ourselves in a neighborhood that we chose and are trying to grow a, a body by uh, interacting and become, you know, becoming part of the community. And uh, that's directly connected. We realize that there's probably a lot of people trying to do this around the world. And uh, so we realized that there was a necessity to find other people to um, talk to and to relate to and to share ideas with. And, and that's how ACM was formed as a sub-function of, of what we do at Simplicity. Simplicity is a daily, you know, ministry that we do in the Eighth Ward of Allentown where we're trying to grow relationships and mentor people and uh, teach them of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we've done, I think just recently I did an, an analysis of what we've been doing for the last six years. If you looked at the list, you would say, wow, that's a lot of stuff for a few people. I believe I, the number was 74 different things that we've tried to use to connect to our friends here around our center of influence. So really what Simplicity's turned into has been a, what I would call a uh, research and development place where we try things to see if they make a connection with people in the everyday life and then uh, see if we can segue from whatever we're doing in, into sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we've got some really interesting stories about folks of the years that we've interacted with, people that we've started Bible studies with, just folks in the community 
their lives have been made better just by us being here and uh, being a healthy influence. At times we've gone around to, to homes and asked people if, oh, we could plant flowers or in the past we've had a community garden just down the street and giving away vegetables. We've gotten other churches involved with gardening. So there's, there's a lot of projects that we've done through Simplicity. All the projects have really been successful. So there's, there's nothing that has really hindered our work except for just commitment and a sustaining of, of all those projects. Yeah, it's exactly true what Jesus had to say. You know, he said that the harvest is great, the laborers are few. Everything that all of those 74 projects had some modicum of success. In other words, uh, if they if we could have continued them with a labor force, they would have been productive in terms of, the, you know, kingdom growth. And uh, so that 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 in itself is very exciting. Some of the smallest things turned into larger things. But now we have those stories to tell. You know, you can do things organically in a community and become part of it. It takes a little while because trust has to grow and develop. But you can do things uh, or sometimes they're surrendered around health. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, just compassion based. But those things open the door to uh, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, just like our Lord did himself. You know, he. He would heal people and and then he would share with them the good news. So we're trying to kind of base what we do on that simple pattern. We we were talking about this pattern. Something that we're going to talk about as we go on through this series is what's been called the Ephesus model. We read about Paul in the New Testament and how he would spend uh, up to, to three, three and a half years at a place before he would move on. Do we see that happening within ministry? You know, do we see that commitment? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a little bit of a different model than we're used to. Like uh, we're used to our church model where we come to a place together and we uh, subscribe to doing certain programming to draw people to the church. This is, we want to make a difference in this community that we live in. And so really the impact that say Paul would have was to go into a city like Ephesus and decide to stay and set up certain structures in his ministry to allow for uh, them to become part of uh, the people, you know, be friends with the people in the community to have influence for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're trying to do here. It's cross-cultural here. It was cross-cultural in um, Paul's time. And that's sort of the apostolic appeal is to the, the gospel is good anywhere we go. It, it allows people to come to Christ and to have a new freedom in their life. And we've had those experiences here as people encounter Jesus through the ministry and some in the most unique ways. We're going to we'll tell stories as we go along of some really exciting instances of how people have come to know Jesus as their personal savior sometimes unexpected ways. Well, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how simplicity got started Mm -hmm. because, you know, is this something that just kind of sprang up as a a conference initiative or was it self-driven? Yeah. Simplicity is sort of an outcropping of some involvement that I got with the, the conference here in church planting ministry. For a while I helped the conference with um, uh, directing the church planting program here in Pennsylvania. 
And I started to look at where uh, church plants were planting and how they were successful and unsuccessful. And I realized that, you know, of course, it makes sense that they're more successful in populated areas in the cities. And so I began to uh, study the spirit of prophecy and try to see the uh, how important that was and pretty soon ended up with a big compilation of things that were, were taught us a long time ago about how we should uh, consider work in city ministries. And it took a couple times of presenting that to my friends uh, at the conference, uh, but they eventually saw the, you know, that this was God's plan and stepped right into it. And uh, simplicity kind of arose out of that uh, with a lots of background studying material that we've made available online. Right, yeah, folks can visit AdventistCityMinistries.com and take a look at some of the materials that we have and uh, just some other resources like a presentation on the Ephesus model that somebody could potentially take and make it their own and you know present it uh, their local church or organization. From, from the council that, or the spirit of prophecy we looked at, we realized that we needed to look at scripture and have the same foundation. And uh, we find that in the story of Ephesus, that uh, Paul's ministry, that all the pieces come together. It was in that city that he did a longer campaign with some very specific ideas he implemented as he did the campaign. So we're trying to emulate that. And then of course, a third way we looked at that whole thing is, is we looked at Adventist history to see if it was consistent with how the Adventists changed their approach to city ministries. And of course, over time, from about 1850 to 1910, they began to incorporate each and every principle more and more in their approach to city ministries. And so we feel like we're really on track here with a concise Adventist way to uh, work in cities. And with a population like here in Pennsylvania of 80% of the population, pretty close to 80%, is now living in an urban area, uh, it becomes very important for those of us who have the desire to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to think about the most efficacious ways to go about doing that. You know, we've had a lot of stories about folks who have come through simplicity and we've seen just a tremendous change in their life. I think the story of Ivan is probably one of the great stories here at Simplicity. Ivan uh, has been around for several years now. Uh, he came on to uh, work with us on some programming. Uh, I think he it was had, a Christmas program. Might or? have been a Christmas program. Yeah. That uh, he uh, has an associate had an association with a car club. He and a bunch of his friends uh, wanted to come by and help us with a, a program that we were doing for children, and they decided they wanted to be the servers at that programming. And it was pretty exciting because these are weren't you know. Some rough looking dudes. Some big guys. Yep. <laughs> some big guys. You know, uh, it was exciting to have them here. They were in their leathers, some of them. And uh, they decided to come by and it, it somehow it, it touched Ivan's heart uh, to do that kind of work. And that's one of the principles of that we try to to uh, include in how we approach our work here. And that is, is not only do people need to hear the gospel, they also need the opportunity to be the hands of Jesus Christ. And in that they, they grow. 
So we invite them alongside of us to do that. I think Ivan began to study with Andrew. He, didn't he begin to study with you first? Yeah, I remember we had gone over to his place for a number of times. We had done some uh, amazing facts, uh, study guides, and he was really into it. A lot of, had a lot of great questions. We lost touch with him a little bit. Things got busy, you know, uh, things changed for his life a little bit. And, and for a time, we lost connection. Yeah, and then uh, we stepped back in. He called and asked if we would come and start up with him again. And I think we went together several times and uh, began to lead him to understanding of the good news of the gospel. And he had a desire to be baptized. And we actually got to baptize Ivan and he cried on that day. It was pretty exciting. It was a beautiful baptism. And the story doesn't end there because then the next thing we got to do with Ivan was I actually got to participate in his wedding as he got married. And, and today I would say the story goes this far in that Andrew and I now we go to his home. His new wife was not an Adventist. Um, we get the opportunity to go to his home and uh, have Bible study there. And there's usually four or five people that are there in his family and his wife's family. And uh, it's very exciting because they're excited about the word of God. And it all happened just because he decided to one day he wanted to come and help feed children. It's pretty exciting. It's a pretty simple thing. And I, I love doing ministry this way because it's so relational. It, it's so connected with other people. And that's what we need. We need each other. We need, uh, we need the support and, and the care of one another. And that's what's so amazing about uh, the Ephesus model is that it defines and gives structure where it's needed, but then it leaves it open for, you know, interpretation wherever you see culturally, you know, appropriate to uh, do the things so that people's hearts can be touched. Yeah, I think that's the, the one thing that sometimes we don't spend enough time teaching, and that is even though there's principles to what we're learning and we're seeing in the word of God as to how we should approach ministry, it leaves this vast wide opening for creativity within the, that principled approach to occur. And, and that's because God was creative and he created us all a little bit different. So we get to approach different people groups and, and subgroups and et cetera in the most meaningful way that we can for them. Maybe it's through art or music or something like that, whatever it might be, but it, whatever opens the door to having the opportunity to share the really good news, that's what we attempt to do. And so a lot of that is done by researching the community you live in and just asking, finding out what it is that makes them tick or what they need, those sorts of things. Yeah, I remember when I first came on to the project, at first, we were going around the community and surveying and finding out the needs of people. We realized, you know, the, the approach that we traditionally use of saying, hey, we have these programs, we have this health program, we have, you know, whatever it is. We realized that that wasn't going to work in this community and that we needed to go out and do those surveys, ask the community what they needed rather than essentially telling them, hey, this is what we think you need. And we saw how that didn't work. So out of that, it came 
uh, some really good programs. Uh, like we have a free day program where we give away bread and clothing. And there's been tremendous growth from that because we've seen people from the community get involved with that and come to the point now where they're coming on Sabbaths and they're taking Bible studies. And so another principle that, that we found is that the laborers are in the harvest, that the people, uh, the support staff is the community that you're working within because people are more than excited to come alongside and be part of something that is wonderful and great and helping others and being a positive influence in that, in the community. Yeah. It's especially if it's right where they live. In other words, our, our effect might not be citywide in some instances it is, but our effect is definitely in the blocks around us. And sometimes churches, we don't take that idea into consideration. In other words, we think about the whole city instead of just the neighbors to the church. So the, what we concentrate on here at Simplicity is a five block radius. Even that is exhaustive. We've never, I think, been able to get to the tips of that. Yeah, we generally just work out of two or three. Right. When we really sit down and look at the people who come. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the right around the center, you know, that we are most effective. Some of the people that are coming now are from across the street or the house next door has been a good experience for us or just people who have an interest in this community being better and, and, and they want to be part of making that process happen. So they see that, you know, after you gain their trust, they see that you're genuine and they, uh, and then they ask, well, why do you do this? And it ultimately comes down to that because we don't live, I don't live here. So they know that, you know, there's, this is a, this is a definite effort that's being made to make their lives better. Yeah. That's always been a, a puzzling thing to me, how, uh, in the Adventist culture, we tend to skip around to churches and not be at the church where we are locally. What we found is that being right there in the community, it, it gets the people involved in a way that this kind of, I don't know, outsourced church model that we usually do uh, performs much, much, much better. Yeah. And one of the things we've done here that's a little bit different, too, is there's a lot of church startups and I've been involved in two church plants now. And a lot of times we try to bring other Adventists with us to the, you know, to kind of get a critical mass or something like that or so you don't feel like you're alone. But the goal here was really to be see, can, are we can we be organic and can we be. Can we actually be something that this community would be interested in being a part of? And so uh, while we've had a core team that is, you know, subscribes to the Adventist faith, a lot of the people that are here now making things run are, are the neighbors who've invested in the process. And it's very exciting because, you know, they're really excited to also hear why it is that we wanted to do this in the first place you know what motivates us what drives us and that's that's when you get to the good stuff all right jeff so as we go forward we're gonna talk about some of the things we're gonna cover in this series so Really, it's going to happen in two parts. 
We're going to talk about the Ephesus model eventually. Uh, but first thing we want to really talk about is the gospel. Why is that? Yeah, a while back, you know, after finishing writing the, the model, it's a very systematic uh, systems approach to gospel ministry. And I began to realize that I'm, I could have approached it differently. Uh, right now I'm working on the Ephesus message because it became clear to me that the reason that Ephesus became so important is because Paul made some considerations in the way he was uh, doing things on his second missionary journey. He realized as um, he was going to Corinth after he uh, was in Athens and at the Areopagus that he, he made a statement that from now on he would preach Christ and him crucified. We'd find that in first Corinthians. In other words, um, Paul decided that uh, his philosophical approach to leading people to Christ like he used in, uh, in Athens wasn't the way that he would do from now on. And so it's really important to, for us to have a clear understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of gospels out there today, and we want to make sure that the one that we're bringing to the people is the one that is represented by the teachings of Jesus and Paul in the New Testament. And so we'll spend a lot of time, you know, going through that and keeping it simple and uh, yet sound so that anybody who might want to try this work and even on an individual basis, uh, you have the foundation to go forward and, and reach people for Jesus. So it's basically keep, we want to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is the clarity of the gospel. Yeah, I think we in Adventism have this uh, condition where we like to get training. You know, we, we, we want the systems of, of how things work and the approach and how do I talk to this person and what's the qu right question to ask. And we go through the motions of, of training. But then when it actually comes to on the ground work, we're a little bit apprehensive. And, and that's from my experience, you know. Uh, but we're not going to cover that first. We're not going to cover the method first. We're going to cover what the gospel actually is, right? So that we can understand, okay, this is the motivation that we need to have first. Because once, once our heart is in the right place and we have that influence in our lives to be consistent throughout the New Testament where we see those kind of stepping stones of character building and how there's perseverance and hope and just that concept of building up the the body first before we go out and reach people that's what we want to have a solid foundation right and we don't have to um have a phd in new testament theology to understand the gospel it's it's it was it was made simple for us for all to understand made available to everybody and so uh, as we're working in cities, we find that the the more simple approach we can take to uh, teaching and uh, making clear the truth, uh, the better effect it has and the more successful we are. And so always uh, trying to simplify, 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 but on the basis of good uh, exegesis and good study is the the challenge. Yeah. I, I like creating metaphors in order to make things simple to understand. And so if I was going to make a metaphor for the gospel and the way that we've traditionally handled, uh, training as a church, 
Uh, it makes me think of, you have a car and you can have the body of the car and all the luxury things about the car, but the engine, if you don't have an engine, you're not going to go anywhere. You can't take people anywhere. So the message, the gospel is the engine and the body and all the luxury things are, it's kind of the, the method. If you have those two things together, then you're going places. Yeah, not, not only that, is as you take hold of the clear understanding of this truth, it's the thing that changes you. I, you know, you become Jesus is, is the person of who he is, is being infused into you through the Holy Spirit. And, and so you're, you're actually, you know, a revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's pretty exciting because that's all that God has now is, is to be able to use us as a revelation of his son. And so th things begin to change because people perceive that there's something different about you and they uh, begin to wonder about that and it provides opportunity. So it's just as important for us to uh, have a clear understanding for ourselves so that we're, you know, as, the, as uh, Christ is lifted up, all men are drawn onto him you know, through this process. So, yeah, I'm very excited about, um, you know, going through the truth as it is in Jesus in the New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and getting a good foundation as we look forward to uh, then uh, using that in a systematic approach to ministry. Yeah, I'm so glad we have this, all this uh, experience. Uh, you know, it took us a while to kind of get things going, uh, <laughs> and to understand the way that people think nowadays, you know, because we've, if we're coming from a tradition of very like standardized evangelism, you know, the same things that worked 40, 30, 20 years ago, they don't work anymore because it's, we live in a different time, different technology, and we need to expand our, our definitions of evangelism. It's the message that's important and you can you can transmit that message in a number of different methods, but they all have to include that human connection somehow. That's really what I've seen in uh, simplicity. It's the only way that we've we've grown is by making that human connection. Yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. It's people really need that these days more now than ever, because there's the tendency is to be disconnected, you know, whether it's through technology or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy, so, you know, I can blame it on stuff like that. But people, I, what I can say for that's a fact is that people are more disconnected now in a, a human touch way and a, in, in a one-on-one -on -one way than they ever have been before. And yet it seems like that's a very basic thing, basic need of, of humanity. And so when we can approach people with the love of Christ in our hearts and genuinely be interested in their lives and wanting to be their friend and wanting to be um, there for them when they need help, uh, it just, just changes everything. It's very exciting to be part of that. It's not a, it's not like going to church for a couple hours on the weekend. Yeah. Our, my whole paradigm for, for church has really changed. You know, I'm not used to the, the traditional model anymore of, of sitting in a pew and going through the liturgy, but being rather active in, in what church is. So for our, our Sabbath mornings, they, they look like 
like what a Bible study group would be. Um, so people asking questions and getting involved in uh, the word together and growing because of that, because it's, it's those genuine questions. It's, it's answering the questions that people have and, and, and not assuming anything. Yeah. And what's exciting about that too, is that you just have to be sort of spontaneous. Um, you, you know, uh, I, I used to have to, um, have my sermons written out, you know, before I would actually preach, but you know, now I, God has, has allowed me to, I can look around at the people who come in that day and I'm, you know, he might give me a different word to speak in a moment. And I just praise him because I've, I trust him to do that, but it's very exciting. It's invigorating to uh, realize the need through the Holy spirit and then be able to address it directly. And sometimes in other ways, like we might, the adults are often outnumbered by the children. And so we need to change things up a bit. That's also exciting is to, to, to change things because the situation calls for it. And that's sort of the basic notion of what this ministry is about is, is like we, you don't come with a set idea of how people are going to be reached with the gospel. You come asking the Holy Spirit to lead you to an understanding as to the, the, the venue or the means of reaching them and, and, and opening that door for you. And so you know, I'll tell stories later on about just listening and awareness of the Holy Spirit speaking that just if you begin to walk down that corridor, it opens a lot of things up to you. Well, I'm looking forward to the series as we go on, uh, explaining the gospel, talking about the good news and really getting to share some more stories about the love of God that we've seen in action here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. Visit AdventistCityMinistries.com for more resources, including a study guide, reference compilation, and free downloads of our book, The Ephesus Model. You can also listen to other presentations and episodes of this podcast. See the show notes for links and more information.